Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame, 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com. The free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. Well, I am happy to report it is a Victory Monday on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. We've had seven Victory Monday so far this year. Notre Dame is now 7-2 after crushing the Pittsburgh Panthers at Notre Dame Stadium Saturday, 58-7. My name is Darren Pritchett. Hope you had a terrific weekend. I greatly appreciate you joining me here on 960 AM WSBT. Maybe you're outside the South Bend area listening at WSBTradio.com or through the WSBT radio app. We also have a video feed of the program right now taking place on the Twitch app. Nine minutes after five o'clock on this Monday, October the 30th of 2023. It's honestly hard to believe we have only the opportunity for three more Victory Mondays during the regular season. The Irish have been rolling through their schedule. We're nine games in. The Irish are 7-2 with a matchup in Death Valley, the South Carolina version, coming up Saturday. It is 7-2 Notre Dame taking on 4-4 Clemson, a noon kick right here on WSBT Radio. That means pregame coverage will start at 6 a.m. We will have our... Legacy Heating Air Game Day Notre Dame football interview show from 7 until 9. Then Tyler Horka, Eric Hansen, and I with Game Day Sports Beat brought to you by Bud Light. We're going to be all over the place. I'm going to be in Pennsylvania with the Irish hockey team. 
We're going to have Tyler covering the Irish football team at Clemson, and Eric will be in our WSBT studios. We'll talk some football with you Saturday from 9 to 11. The game at noon after the game, the official Notre Dame football postgame show, all right here on WSBT Radio. Coming up tonight, following Sportsbeat at 7 o'clock, an inside look at Mishawaka High School Athletics. It is Caveman Corner. And then at 7.45, we join pregame coverage from Westwood One of Monday Night Football. It is the Detroit Lions at home to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. Hear all the action right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We did find out just a few moments ago, Matt Eberflus, the head coach of the Chicago Bears, he has announced that Justin Fields is out once again, this coming Sunday when the Bears go to New Orleans to take on the Saints, Fields is still week-to-week week with a dislocated right thumb. So you get another week of Tyson Badgett as your starting quarterback as a Chicago Bears fan. So Fields still on the sideline with that dislocated right thumb. Okay, that's a little NFL news. Now let's get to some Notre Dame football talk. That's what we're here for on WSBT Radio. Our first of three opening topics on this Victory Monday is the fact that Notre Dame was very opportunistic once again. It's always a good sign when you have to figure out how many points the offense scored because the defense and special teams are contributing. We had that nice problem against USC. And we had that nice problem once again Saturday against Pittsburgh. Notre Dame's special teams got the scoring started in the first quarter, and I still have no idea how this guy did this. Chris Tyree back on the 25, punt is away, high spiraling punt, backing up Tyree to his own 18, catches it, cuts back to the middle, drilled, breaks a tackle, gets out to the 20, still on his feet, 30, 35, middle of the field, he'll do it, running by himself, middle of the field, 20, 10, touchdown Notre Dame! Incredible individual effort by Chris Tyree. Second game in a row. The special teams comes up with a touchdown. This one from 71 yards out. I mean, he was jammed in traffic. It was like New York City and rush hour with all the taxis flying around. I went with taxis because of the pit colors. And Tyree just stayed alive, bouncing around, keeping the feet moving. And then all of a sudden there was an alley and zoom, off to the races. Chris Tyree, 82 yards to pay dirt. And that's how the scoring started. Notre Dame, seven. And Pittsburgh, nothing. Tyree also chipped in. Three catches for 62 yards, including a first quarter 47-yard reception. Saturday, after the win, fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman on Chris Tyree, who, of course, as we all know, Started as a running back. Now in his first year as a full-time wide receiver, he continues to figure things out. Hard work is rewarded, and you don't know when that reward is going to come, and that's what I love uh, when you see a young man like Chris Tyree that works tirelessly, and you know, everybody, myself included, was challenging him after he dropped the ball versus Louisville. 
And what does he do? He continues to work, continues to work. And then the last two weeks, he's had opportunities to make big plays on the field, and he does it. And so um, that's what I love about that kid, man, is he's unselfish, and he works tirelessly at his craft and rewards our, our scene on Saturdays. Well, Tyree has a year of eligibility remaining, and Coach Freeman said today during his Monday press conference he would love for Tyree to come back. I get the feeling this coaching staff feels like that Tyree is just starting to tap into his talents at the wide receiver position. Nice going, Chris Tyree. Another part of this team and how opportunistic they were on Saturday One of the best players on defense, maybe the best player on defense, cornerback Benjamin Morrison. The sophomore ruled out at the last second due to a quad strain. They worked him out on the field in the pregame, could not go, so no Benjamin Morrison against Pittsburgh. So Jaden Mickey, the opportunity to start in Morrison's place. And during the ballgame, he had a couple of near misses where he just missed interceptions that, heck, maybe could have went back a couple of times for six. Do not, and I repeat, do not ever give Jaden Mickey a third chance. Head scratcher right now, third down, but Xavier Watts not on the field. And he has both of those INTs against Bayer. Shotgun snap, drop back, back foot, intercepted. This will be a pick six. Jaden Mickey near sideline, 20-10, touchdown, Fighting Irish. 42 yards on the ball thrown right to Jaden Mickey. His first Notre Dame touchdown has the Fighting Irish on top of it. 30 to nothing with 10-12 left in the third quarter. Jaden's mom dealing with some health issues. That put a big smile on her face back home, watching her son not only come up with the interception, but a pick six. And that, I thought, that moment, Truly 100% took the starch out of the Pittsburgh football team with that pick six early in the third quarter. Notre Dame had built a 31 to nothing lead. Also during this ball game with Cam Hart getting dinged up, it was an opportunity for more snaps for freshman Christian Gray. He got on the field even more than maybe he expected in this contest. He held up wonderfully as he came up with an interception in this game. On Saturday, Fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman on his really good backup corners. Oh, they did a great job. It was one of the the first things we did was give those two credit for stepping up um, in big roles. I mean, they were challenged, too. And neither of them knew they were going to start or play. I mean, they probably thought they were going to play, but in the role they played previously. For those guys to find out in warm-ups, hey, you're starting, Jaden Mickey, and then at some point, Christian Gray, you're, you're going in there with Jaden Mickey. Um, it's a credit to those guys of being ready and also to Coach Mickens for having those guys ready. No doubt about it. They were ready to roll. They produced for this Fighting Irish football team. So 31 nothing Irish in the third quarter. Nice going, Jaden Mickey. And the Irish special teams decided, you know what, we need to have a little more fun. Dives on the muff punt in the end zone. Now there's a scrum for the ball now, about five yards deep in the end zone, and it's a touchdown. Ramon Henderson, four yards deep in the end zone, dove on it. And the special teams score once again for the second time today. 
to push the lead to for Notre Dame. Right on the field, the ball was muffed. It was injured in some and recovered by Notre Dame. Result of the play is a touchdown. Yes, indeed. Ramon Henderson picks up the easy touchdown of the end zone, 37 to nothing in favor of the Fighting Irish. You can see very opportunistic, different players, whether they have large or small, small roles on this football team, making plays for Marcus Freeman. As at that point, it was 37 nothing, with still 8.21 to go in the third quarter. Special teams, a big storyline last year. This year, early on, solid, quieter. I mean, based on what we saw last year, it was going to be really difficult to match that. But I tell you what, the last couple of weeks, Marcus Freeman getting a lot of productivity out of his special teams unit. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is the sense of ownership. Um, when you, I love going into those kickoff and kickoff return huddles because you can feel it from the players, the we're winning interval. Let's go. Let's do our job. Don't let this guy make the play. And and when our players start to own, it's not just another play, right? Oh man, it's just we got to do kickoff return or kickoff. Like there's a, there's the excitement and ownership of it. And, and that's a credit to Coach Biagi that, that he's getting the buy-in um, that he's wanted right from the minute he's gotten here. And so I love what the special teams unit um, is doing. And again, my mind goes to the one kick out of bounds that we can't have, but. Um, I'm really pleased. There was some good returns. Faison had a good punt return. Tyree had a touchdown. They muffed the punt for a touchdown. Um, Jadarian Price had another great return out to the 30, 30, plus 35. Like Those things are crucial for our team to have success. All in all, all three phases of the Notre Dame football had great moments in this 58-7 victory. Our second hat trick of opening topics, we follow how opportunistic the team was by just simply, once again, highlighting the Fighting Irish defense. This is a playoff caliber portion of this Notre Dame football team. This football team would not be 7-2 without the excellence of this group. And Pittsburgh, the challenge not nearly as great as facing Caleb Williams and USC. You know, one thing I talked about last week, that Pittsburgh faced Wake Forest last Saturday or a week ago Saturday now, and they faced a lot of cover too. Cornerbacks off the wide receivers. Vieira had some good numbers because, honestly, I thought Wake Forest made it too easy on him. We knew that was not going to be the case with Al Golden's defense. He would bring the heat, tight coverage, and even with Morrison out for the game and hard missing time, this team only gave up seven garbage time points. Pittsburgh, their offense, 51 plays for 255 yards. They picked up 11 first downs in the ball game. Remember those glowing numbers we talked about against Wake Forest that might have been a little fool's gold? The air against Notre Dame, 14 of 29 for just 127 yards, no touchdowns, four interceptions, sacked twice, under siege, most of the football game. And when you're a young quarterback, 
you want a great running game to help you out, to help you get through some tough moments, to take some pressure off of you. Well, not only was Notre Dame stopping the pass, but they stuffed the run. It was not the type of reunion Sebo Flemister had dreamed of, the Notre Dame graduate, former Irish running back. Sebo, eight carries, 24 yards. Rodney Hammond, the other running back they used, six for 31. Pittsburgh's running game against the Irish, 19 carries, 53 yards. Absolutely what you were looking for from Al Golden's defense. And you know what? You shouldn't be surprised. Pittsburgh on third down, no shot. One for 11. And that's supposedly the weakness of the Irish defense when you look at the stats, although it just doesn't seem that way. They were on point in this game. We've talked about the Mickey interception return for a touchdown. Christian Gray had the pick. And how about Xavier Watts? You talk about a guy that's always in the right spot, and credit to him for being in the right spot. It's not a fluke. But the ball seems to be thrown right to him, and he's very happy about it. Xavier Watts, two more interceptions in this ballgame, four picks for the team. Al Golden, A-plus once again. Absolutely doing everything you could have wanted out of a veteran defensive coordinator. When you bring in a veteran guy, this is what you want. I got to take hold of one side of the football, use all of his experience and make this unit excellent. We've seen it all year with Al Golden. Our third and final hat trick of opening topics for tonight's program. Let's spend a little time talking about the Irish offense. The last month, Truly under the microscope. Why has this offense been stuck in the mud? Teams have been taking away the run game. Daring Notre Dame to throw the football. And we just haven't seen the best strategy, play calling, execution. Throw it all in the batch of reasons why the offense wasn't working. It's not just execution. It's been everything. And you know what? There was progress made in this ballgame. 535 yards of total offense for Notre Dame in this game, running 65 plays. That comes out to 8.2 yards per play. I talked last week how Pittsburgh What they want to do defensively plays into what everybody has done to the Irish recently. Stuff the line of scrimmage, take away that Notre Dame running game, and force the Irish to pass their way down the field. And it seemed, on paper and on video, that Pittsburgh would have a very good chance to do what they do best. It's not like they had to change who they were to have success. What teams have been doing to Notre Dame played right into Pittsburgh's hands. We thought that would give them a chance to be competitive in this ballgame. That's why I had Pittsburgh plus 20 and a half in our sports wagering segment and was dead wrong because the Irish won by 51 and it wasn't close. But Pittsburgh's strengths allegedly were weaknesses 
because, hey, let's face it, Notre Dame put it to him, and Pittsburgh was horrible trying to tackle. My heavens, that might be the worst all season. The running game was not denied by the ability of Pittsburgh to stop the run. They had stopped North Carolina. They had stopped Louisville. They did not stop the Fighting Irish. 33 carries, 155 yards. The Irish averaged 4.7 yards per carry against a team that was giving up a little below 3.5 yards per carry. And Notre Dame with four rushing touchdowns in the contest. The big man on campus, Audric Estime. He carried the ball deep into the fourth quarter. 19 carries, 114 yards, six yards per carry. Pittsburgh defenders are still having nightmares of having to tackle him. Maybe a lot of those guys were making business decisions because they did not tackle him very well. Audric, just too much to handle. Three rushing touchdowns in the ballgame. Jadarian Price saw a little more action carrying the football. Six touches for 35. That's 5.8 yards per carry in a score. And the guy who's been... The unofficial number two running back, the freshman Jeremiah Love, three carries, 10 yards, 3.3 yards per carry. So a terrific performance by the Irish rushing attack. Just exactly what you were hoping for. And again, Pittsburgh, this was supposed to be something they were going to do very well. Not so fast, my friend. Marcus Freeman earlier today. And his Monday press conference, which was live on WSBT Radio, went in depth and talking about his run game that averaged 4.7 yards per carry against Pitt. Yeah, it was a, a, a unique game where we would call one play and it would uh, go for 12 and then call the same play. And, you know, the execution just wasn't where you wanted it. It would go for three or four. Um, more greedy, you know, I want 12, 15 on all of them, but I was really pleased with the, the commitment we had to those run game, run schemes that we, we ran in the game. And uh, um, there is no no misidea, right? Those are the things that frustrate you as a coach when we're not IDing the right people. Like that's a coaching problem. We got to fix that. There was none of that. There was some, obviously some execution, fundamental errors that we have to improve that. But I love when I see our guys in the right spot going to the right people, running the ball hard. Now we got to continue to fix the execution, the fundamentals of, of, of finishing those blocks. The other thing I, I love more than anything was the way our wideouts blocked. And that was a point of emphasis from, from everybody, from me, from Coach Parker, from Coach Stuckey. Um, we had to block the safeties. We know how Pitt played, and, and man, you go back, that was that's going to be one of the first things I talk about. Um, when, when we have a team meeting because that was a huge point of emphasis and a huge reason why we freaking had success running the ball. The first touchdown I think Audrick had, you, you see Sam Hartman go run up to Jaden uh, Thomas because he knew that was a point of emphasis. Jaden comes and makes a great block, Audrick breaks it, and it's a touchdown, and that's a point of emphasis, and, and that's what I really, really loved um, about our run game this past week. Head coach Marcus Freeman earlier today singing the praises, for the most part, of his rushing attack 
against Pittsburgh. Took some pressure off quarterback Sam Hartman, who overcame a couple of early interceptions that I think shocked everybody that roots for the Fighting Irish. But Hartman bounced back. You knew he would. 18 of 25 for 288 yards. I'm shocked he didn't have a touchdown pass. Picked twice and sacked one time. Steve Angeli, of course, got plenty of action in the fourth quarter. Six of seven, 92 yards and a touchdown. Between Hartman and Angeli, 14 different Notre Dame players were targeted in the ballgame. 12 made catches. Mitchell Evans led the way, the Irish tight end. He was targeted six times, caught five for 66 yards. And we got the unfortunate news today from head coach Marcus Freeman that his junior tight end is lost for the season. Evans, on the hit you probably saw in the ballgame against Pittsburgh, suffered a torn ACL and will need season-ending surgery. A tough, tough blow for Mitchell Evans, who had really settled down that tight end position. You lose Michael Mayer, he's tough to replace. And Evans was doing some great things at tight end. 29 catches for 422 yards and a touchdown. If you had two tight ends on the field, three, he was always out there. So that is going to be an adjustment for the Fighting Irish. So you're going to have a combination of Holden Stays, Eli Reardon, Cooper Flanagan. Those guys will be your tight ends moving forward. But that's the worst case. When you saw the hit to his knee, you were worried about some damage being done. And it was verified today by Coach Freeman, torn ACL for Mitchell Evans. Chris Tyree targeted three times, three catches for 62. Rico Flores Jr., the new starting field wide receiver, targeted three times, two catches for 72 yards. Hey, we all know the Irish need more contributions from the wide receiver spots. The coaching staff moved some people around. In this game, there was some progress made. Wide receivers were targeted 16 times in this ballgame. 11 catches for 233 yards. Head coach Marcus Freeman told us last week, we got to take shots down the field. We got to burn these teams that are trying to take away the run. Here's Coach Freeman talking more about taking shots. No, it's more of a, you know, meetings early in the week of a mentality, right? And, and I don't put a number count on it, um, but it's a mentality that, hey, I want to be aggressive. I want to take shots down the field. If in during the game, at some point, I say, hey, take a shot here out. I can easily get on the headset and say that. But to me, the work is put in through the game plan and through the preparation of, of that mentality for taking shots is, 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 is got to be really fed through our players, too, to understand that we're going to take shots. No matter what the result is, we have to continue to do it. And so I think as a coordinator, when you hear that from the head coach, it gives you the freedom, okay, we're going to continuously be aggressive and aggressive, even, even if the result isn't what we want. You know, uh, you know, the interception, the very first interception, it's not considered a shot, but that doesn't affect the next series. I want you to be aggressive and push the ball down the field. And you would imagine that will be part of the repertoire this Saturday. When the Irish take on a Clemson team that still has a pretty good defense. Now, NC State, with their new starting quarterback, put up 24 points at home against the Tigers. 
and beat them 24-17 on Saturday to drop Clemson to 4-4. Four and four. You still have to respect that defense. The Clemson offense is still looking for an identity. They just look a little lost right now, and their great, great running back, Will Shipley, currently in concussion protocol. His status for the Irish game is up in the air. I think we all have a lot of respect for his abilities, his traits, as BK would say. A kid that Notre Dame tried like the Dickens to be a part of this program. He picked Clemson. He's faced the Irish. And we'll see if he gets another chance against Notre Dame this Saturday. But, again, to the original thought, I respect the Clemson defense. They have the ability to keep this game close. I don't think Clemson can go nuts against this Notre Dame defense that's playing so well. That would be a shock. If they're going to score points, that would be the Clemson offense getting the football in opportunistic or plus territory. I don't think Clemson can outscore Notre Dame. I don't think. Now we're banking on the Irish offense to continue to improve, but this could be more of a struggle against Clemson. Respect to that side of the football. So over under total points in this game right now is 45, I believe. I mean, I could see under in this game. I think this could be, boy, I hate to say like the Duke game because I think the Irish will play better offensively than they did in that game. But I think the Clemson defense, when you think about Duke, you should think about Clemson. So, you know, 24-13, I would hope. Notre Dame wins something like that. Of course, you hope for more, but that's just kind of the way I visualize the game very, very early in the week. According to DraftKings Sportsbook, the Irish, at one time were a two-point underdog last week when this game was posted. Now Notre Dame is favored by two and a half at Clemson. Who would have thought Clemson would be four and four going into a matchup against the Fighting Irish? It's been a long time since Death Valley has went through one of these seasons. I mean, the great run they had making the playoffs, winning a couple of natties. Things have changed. And even Dabo Sweeney, the head coach, talked recently that they needed to lose a few games to drop some people from the bandwagon. Mm. I think that's from the SID. We're done with questions. Have a great day. (laughs) We'll talk to you later. And then there's Pat Narduzzi, what, after the game, saying, well, we lost a lot of good players. We thought we replaced them, but we didn't. A lot of the pit players were retweeting tweets that expressed what Narduzzi said after the game. He's trying to now take those comments back, but once they're out there, they're out there, and the reward for Pitt, they get Florida State next. Last time I saw Florida State favored by 22, Florida State by a million, it sure seems like, at this point, because I don't know how Pitt's players come back from those comments like, well, we thought we had brought in good replacements, but apparently not. Whoops. That's not good for team morale. Not good for team morale. All right, 537 is our time. That's our opening topics for tonight's program. 58-7. Notre Dame crushes the Pittsburgh Panthers. Coming up next, another perspective on Notre Dame's victory over the Panthers from Tyler Horka. 
from Blue and Gold Illustrated, one of my co-hosts for Game Day Sports Beat, brought to you by Bud Light. Saturdays before Irish games will be on the air from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Saturday morning to set you up for Notre Dame Clemson. But Tyler talks all things Notre Dame Pittsburgh coming up. Was he impressed with the Irish offense? And what about the interesting timeouts clock usage by Marcus Freeman at the end of the first half that resulted in Notre Dame not having enough time to score a touchdown and settling for a field goal from the five-yard line. We'll have that discussion as well as Budweiser's weekday sports beat rolls on. We are brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Football fans, this Bud's for you. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, now with three locations serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. By Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. By the Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. By Legacy Heating and Air, ask how you can get free maintenance for life and save like a champion today. By South Bend Orthopedics, trusted in the community for 75 years. By Bethel University's Adult and Graduate Studies, Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash Salad Ground for details. And by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at FeedIndiana.org. Notre Dame football coverage continues now. Gives to Estime. He leaps at the one and goes over the strike. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Hartman keeps it, runs it up the middle, bulldozing to the end zone, and he's in. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Low snap, hands off inside to Estime. 10 5. He'll get there. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Well, it definitely was the Audric Estime show on Saturday. Three rushing touchdowns for the Notre Dame running back, helping the Irish to dispose of the Pittsburgh Panthers 58-7. That gets the Irish to 7-2, leading into a road game against Clemson this Saturday at noon right here on WSBT Radio. I'm Darren Pritchett. He's Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. So, Tyler, how much progress do you think the Fighting Irish offense made from, you know, a a good performance against USC where we felt like there was still more to be gained? You have a bye, and then the performance against Pittsburgh. I would say a little, but not a lot, honestly. I think some of these same issues are popping up for the Notre Dame offense, and it's definitely mostly – pass related and this time you you throw in a couple Sam Hartman interceptions which didn't have against USC so those were probably the the biggest misfires there and especially considering that they came in the red zone I think I believe both of them were in the red zone and then Notre Dame is uh in pit territory and decides to go for it on fourth down and, and didn't get it one of those times so turnover on downs included with those interceptions that doesn't make for a very good offensive day good thing you have you know, guys like Chris Tyree had a really good game receiving. Obviously, he had the punt return, but I thought he had a really good day as a wide receiver as well. Mitchell Evans, 
I'm sure we'll talk about him at some point on this show, but he was really good and, and he will be missed uh, for Notre Dame the rest of the season. But yeah, you, SMA runs the ball for six yards a carry. I think it was 19 carries, 114 yards, three touchdowns, which he's never had in his career. So just the ability to punch it in, get into the end zone there was huge. Sam Hartman doesn't have a passing touchdown in this game, though. So uh, that was definitely something that kind of stood out to me uh, along with the interceptions. And it's part of the reason why I can say, yeah, the, the offense progressed a little. Uh, you put the ball into the end zone uh, on its own a few more times than it did against USC, but you still had the defense doing its thing and, and kind of gifting the offense a few times as well. So this is definitely a defensive-driven football team at this point. I mean, we're a couple of days away from November. We know what Notre Dame is. We know what it isn't. And it's just kind of going to lean on those things if it wants to get to 10-2. It's, it's going to be the defense that probably hits them there if they do get there. Tyler, do you think wide receivers getting healthy coupled with the adjustments that they made to the depth chart. Did that make a difference? Yeah, I actually think you saw a better Tobias Merriweather in more limited reps. Uh, He has that catch across the middle. I mean, that's what you're looking for from Tobias Merriweather right there. It's a contested catch. It's a catch where he blows by a guy. It was all the things that you want Tobias Merriweather to be uh, he was that on that place. If you can get more out of that in less times having to put him on the field and maybe he's not getting as tired or as frustrated or any of those things, I think that was a plus. I think having Jaden Thomas back was definitely a plus. You know, Back to as close to full strength as, as he can be, he made a couple good catches for Notre Dame. So I do think that uh, Tobias Merriweather and Rico Flores should split time at the field receiver position and just kind of try to get the most out of both of those guys. You did that with Merriweather, and that's kind of been Notre Dame's M.O. with, with him for as long as he's been here. So, like, how do we get the most out of this guy? How do we get the, guy, the, the ball in that guy's hands? If he has a contested cat down the middle where he shows his speed as well for 42 yards in every single game, I think Notre Dame's going to be very happy with the way that facet of his passing game is played out. He's Tyler Horka from Blue and Gold Illustrated, my guest here on WSBT Radio. You mentioned Estime a second ago, a pit defense that is really made to stop running games, but they didn't tackle well. Let me say that first of all. They were they were a very poor tackling football team, but it was good to see Notre Dame be able to loosen up the passing game by running it a little better in this contest. Yep, and we could talk about estimate all day here, but let's talk about the blocking and the wide mm-hmm. receiver blocking as well. I mean, tight ends, offensive line, wide receivers, they were all doing their job. Paving pass for estimate, uh, paving pass for everybody, really getting out on the edge. I think Jeremiah Love had a little swing pass type deal, and, and that was blocked up very well. Um, getting Jadarian Price into the end zone was, was blocked pretty well, and, and if we want to stick with the running game, I thought he had really good strength and vision on that particular play as well. So it was kind of all systems go for the Notre Dame running game. And when you couple in uh, Pitt not tackling, and I don't, I don't want to say Pat Narduzzi's team gave up in the end, but, I mean, when that thing got out of hand in the in the second half, why try to tackle Audrey Estime if he's still going to be in the ball game and some of those other backs? I, I think that's a question. If I was on Pitt's roster, I'd be having, like, what am I doing out here, man, this thing? is well out of hand, and I'm trying to tackle 233 pound running back. Uh, it, it got to a point where 
Notre Dame fans love to see this anytime it happens. The Notre Dame offense starting up front just kind of broke Pitt's will, and that was a big factor in a 51-point victory. I don't mean to be nitpicky, but to see Audric Estime running in the fourth quarter against Pitt in a blowout, okay, but yet he can't be on the field trying to close out the game against Ohio State. That just doesn't seem to add up. Nope, and I mean, it was a question that I don't know if Marcus Freeman got it in the post-game press conference, but I know for sure Estime got it. And it's like, why are you out there? Or did you want to be out there? And Estime, of course, said yes. Which player wouldn't? But I did mention, mention Mitchell Evans earlier. And he's out there in that kind of game, and he gets hurt. So you have that part of it. But then you have the part of it that you mentioned, Darren. It's, you're trying to win a football game, and I think Estime goes for two first downs. The Notre Dame running game definitely went for two first downs against Ohio State on that last possession. And then for the final three plays, when Notre Dame does not get a first down that third time that I'm trying to in that game, Estime is not on the field at all. So that's questionable. And then you add in the injury element, that also makes it even more questionable. Tyler Mitchell Evans does go down with the ACL season-ending surgery in his future, so that means Holden stays. You've got Eli Raritan and Cooper Flanagan. What do you think this injury, what does it do to the tight end position and the fighting Irish offense? It, it's a huge blow for Notre Dame because the way I put it at blueandgold.com was Notre Dame's a tight end heavy team. So you're going to see a lot of 12. You're going to see a lot of 13, four, even 14 personnel sometimes. In all of those packages, Mitchell Evans is a mainstay. He is one of those guys that's out, especially 12. It's Mitchell Evans and then one of his buddies, be that Flanagan or Stays or, or Raritan now in the fold, or even Davis Sherwood sometimes. Now it's you don't really know who that one, uh, I'll call him 1A in this situation, you know, the, the guy is. It was always Mitchell Evans. I'm not sure Holden stays is ready to take that on. Eli Raritan still looks a little bit hesitant coming back from his two ACL injuries in a span of two years. Cooper Flanagan's just a freshman. But I will say this about Flanagan. He is number two on the Notre Dame roster in run blocking, only behind Joe Alt. Very good company. And this is pro football focus run blocking grades. He's number two behind Joe Alt. That's good company. If he is that good of a blocker, I don't care if he's a freshman. The dude's already burned his red shirt. He plays special teams in every single game. He's been doing that since the Ireland game uh, against Navy on August 26th. He's out there all the time. And you trust him to be out there on special teams because he knows where to be, when to be there, gets his hands on guys. He's physical. If that's what you're missing when Evans goes out, then you've got to put a guy like Flanagan more in the fold, even if he is a freshman because there have been some blocking concerns with Holden stays. There's just flat-out physical concerns with Eli Raritan right now. So uh, I wrote about it at bloomgold.com. That touchdown catch that you saw from uh, Cooper Flanagan at the end of that game in garbage time, kind of just like we didn't know it at the time, but it's foreshadowing what might be to come for this Notre Dame team the rest of the season. I think Cooper Flanagan could be a very big part of this. Tyler, after the USC game, a game in which the Irish scored 48, we said this game was still all about the defense. This week, the Irish score 58 against Pittsburgh. Am I crazy to think this is still all about the defense? The top storyline is Al Golden's unit. 
No, you're not crazy. And I kind of said it a couple questions ago. Notre Dame knows what it is. Notre Dame knows what it isn't. And it's a defense-first football team. I mean, they're forcing turnovers. They're scoring on defense. They're doing everything that you want. They're, you know, three and outs. And, I mean, I, I have the Notre Dame defense's, like, third down song, like, drilled into my head. And then when they make a big play <laughs> – uh, at Notre Dame Stadium, they they start playing that uh, like Six Flags like song, you know, it goes. I've got that drilled into my head, and that's a testament to Al Golden and all of these guys on the Notre Dame defense because they're making plays. And we saw, we've seen it earlier this year. Um, Ohio State they could have won that game, and it would have been all because of the defense. They did win the Duke game, pretty much was all because of the defense until the offense finally woke up <clears throat> and went on that. Uh, what, 95-yard drive, whatever it was, in two minutes there at the very end. So, no, you're not crazy. This is a defense-driven football team. And in every single game from now, you know, there's only four left. But all four of these games are going to be about the Notre Dame defense because that's who these guys are. Morrison doesn't play due to a quad strain. Cam Hart gets injured during the game. So you have some guys who have played this year, but the – the roles increase due to injuries. What does it say about the future of the Notre Dame cornerback position when there's still success with Morrison and Hart on the sideline? Yeah. I mean, Jaden Mickey has just been kind of waiting his turn, waiting his turn, waiting his turn. Only the second start of his career when he's got a guy like Benjamin Morrison who came in the same class who has started every single game uh, since, I don't know, some point last season I mean he played a lot in that Ohio State season over and as did Mickey but that's the point you know you had two guys there who one of them ends up being the starter the other one's like well I'll just be a reserve guy he comes in starts gets a pick six plays really well Christian Gray another freshman who if these guys weren't here he could he could have been the Benjamin Morrison he could have been the starter as a true freshman but he's got to be a reserve guy he makes an acrobatic interception Uh, it's Something that we saw coming in fall camp from him, honestly, he looked really, really good way back then, locking up Notre Dame's starting wide receivers as a true freshman in his first fall camp. There's something to be said for that. And then he comes out on a Saturday in the fall and shows what he can do. I think the future is very bright for these guys, especially considering you still get Morrison for sure for one more year. He's only a sophomore. He has to be here next year per NFL draft rules. So this cornerback room is set with all of those guys. Tyler Horkett from Blue and Gold Illustrated joining me here on WSBT Radio. Last year, special teams made fast plays, it seemed like, every single game. Awfully hard to live up to the following year. It was a solid but sleepy start to the year. All of a sudden, Tyler, special teams is providing us excitement, it seems like, every game. Yeah, these guys are getting after it. I mean, some of it is right place, right time. You know, Pittsburgh muffed the punt, and you got to be there, though. Ramon Henderson's got to be there to get that ball. And if he had, he didn't get that ball, there were some other Notre Dame guys in the area who wanted to get that ball as well. So uh, that that's big time. And then the Chris Tyree punt return. I mean, Notre Dame, I think, had already thrown uh, two inter – maybe it was just one interception. But Notre Dame had the ball, and it could have gone down and scored. And Sam Hartman threw a pick. And then I wrote about it at blueandgold.com that's when you're starting to think, oh, man, like how are these guys going to get on the board? And you don't want to chase this game against an inferior foe because that's how things can devolve. But Chris Tyree takes matters into his own hands. And as he said, he didn't think. He just ran, and he ran 82 yards all the way 
to the end zone for a touchdown, gets Notre Dame on the board, gets things rolling in the right direction, and obviously they never looked back from there. So, I mean, these guys are playing with fire, and you thought that maybe that wouldn't be the case after you lose uh, not only Brian Mason to the Indianapolis Colts, but Prince Colley was a special teams monster last year. He went to Vanderbilt. Isaiah Pocky went to the NFL. So you lost a really good special teams coach, and you lost some really good special teams players. But this version of Notre Dame has not missed a beat, and they're making special teams plays, and they're winning football games partly because of it. Okay, Tyler, let me take you through this scenario. Notre Dame has it first and goal at the Pittsburgh 9 with a little bit more than a minute to go in the first half. Sam Hartman pass complete to Chris Tyree for six yards to the Pittsburgh three-yard line. Notre Dame calls timeout with 59 seconds left in the first half, leaving them with only one timeout. Next play, Audric Estime runs up the middle but loses two yards back to the Pittsburgh five. Marcus Freeman this time lets the clock run down to 12 seconds using his final timeout. Notre Dame scores a touchdown, but there's a penalty, which pushes them back to the 20. Then they get to the five, but they run out of time. They have to settle for a field goal. In these situations, I try to take away what I think and put myself in Marcus's shoes to what he was thinking and what he was trying to accomplish. But stopping the clock with 59 seconds left made no sense, and running the clock down made no sense. Normally you do that when you're ready to kick a field goal. You let the clock run down, then you call timeout. But to let the clock run down to only 12 seconds, knowing you're not in the end zone yet, I, I just I just can't understand the direction he was going. How do you process that sequence? It's a, a second-year head coach who doesn't go through all of the possible scenarios in his mind and he admitted to that in the press conference he said he didn't see a pass interference coming on the offense and then a pass interference on the defense i i think or whatever the situation was he didn't foresee some of that stuff coming and you kind of have to you darren the easiest way to answer this question is he hasn't been doing this long enough to know that hey that time is valuable it's not going to play out exactly how you think you might have this perfect play drawn up to score a touchdown, and it was. Mitchell Evans does a better job of running the route there and, and acting as the decoy as he should have been, and that's what it was. It was a route, it was a little bit of a pick route. Those get scored on all the time, and you make it look as legal as possible. Mitch Evans didn't. Notre Dame takes a penalty, and then, like you said, they're backed up to a position where now they don't have – they got to go a long way in not enough time, and that was the end result in getting a field goal and not a touchdown there. So – it's just a, a head coach who has not done this enough to know that there were some factors there that he did not foresee. Didn't matter in a 58-7 to game, but we're talking about because big games down the line, you just don't want that to happen. On top of everything else, Tyler, there was no chance Pittsburgh was going to go 75 yards for a touchdown or get in the field goal range in the last 30 seconds. They had shown us nothing, basically, Tyler, at that point for Marcus to even be worried about the pit offense, let alone how well his defense was playing. Yeah, and I think, Darren, that's another instance of Marcus Freeman just trying to do a little bit too much. And he had this agenda in his mind, I think. And 
once you're a head coach for long enough, you kind of let things flow and you, you anticipate. I think, I think that's the word that you need to use here. He could have anticipated a little bit better, and that's part of the anticipation is him knowing, hey, the pit offense and our defense has – the pit offense has been really bad. Our defense has been really good. They're not going to score anyway. Let's just do what we can here to get seven points as opposed to three because that's the preferred outcome. And then, you know, we'll play the rest of the second half, which, as you said, there wasn't much of anyway. So it's just Marcus Freeman learning how to, to do these things. And I, I guarantee you, he probably lost a little bit of sleep over that, even in a 58-7 to win because, hey, here's the word. It could have been executed a little bit better on his part. <laughs> Very good. Hey, what's happening at Blue and Gold Illustrated? We got basketball firing up, so we'll have some takeaways from a couple of exhibition games from both the men and the women. Obviously, we'll be previewing this game against Clemson for the Notre Dame football team. And then we'll have a lot of bye week content next week as well, probably more than anybody else that's covering Notre Dame. So I know this season's flying by. It's almost finished, but blueandgold.com is still the place to be for all things Fighting Irish Athletics. He is Tyler Horka from Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Tyler, good to catch up with you. We'll talk to you on Saturday. All right. Thanks, Darren. That's Tyler. I'm Darren Moore. Sports Beat next on WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Six fourteen at Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT on this Victory Monday, following Notre Dame's fifty eight seven victory over the Pittsburgh Panthers. From that game, a lot of different people deserve game balls from Fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman. So our Twitter question of the day for today is this. Who gets the ultimate game ball from the 58-7 Notre Dame win over Pittsburgh? I offered you three choices. We'll start with Audric Estime, rushed for 114 yards and three touchdowns. You've got Chris Tyree, who had the 82-yard punt return for a score and 62 receiving yards. Or Xavier Watts, who continues to... Gets the footballs a safety. Two more interceptions for Watts. Who gets the ultimate game ball? Estime, Tyree, or Watts? Looking at the vote earlier today on my Twitter X account at 960 Sportsbeat. Pretty tight voting. We'll see how the results end up on tomorrow's program. On Friday, I asked you, what was the correct parlay for the Notre Dame-Pittsburgh game? The Irish were favored by 20 and a half. The over-under total points in the game at 45. The voting went as followed. 12% went with Notre Dame laying the 20 and a half. That turned out to be good, but under 45 points. That didn't work out. Third place in the voting at 24% went with Pittsburgh plus 20 and a half and over 45 points. Well, one of those two worked out, the over 45, but still not the correct parlay. Second place in the voting for the correct Notre Dame-Pittsburgh parlay, 29% said Notre Dame minus 20 and a half 
and over 45 points. And that is the correct parlay. Notre Dame easily covered the 20 and a half by 51 and the over under easily over 45 with 65 total points in the game. So 29% picked the correct parlay. The winning vote went to Pittsburgh plus 20 and a half and under 45 total points. That got 35% of the vote. We thank you so much for voting. Always appreciate your time. Going to my Twitter X account at 960 Sportsbeat and voting on our Twitter question of the day. So again, today's question, who gets the ultimate game ball? Estime, Tyree, or Watts? News from the National Football League today. Bears head coach Matt Eberflus announces that starting quarterback Justin Fields is out for Sunday's game at New Orleans. Fields is still week-to-week with a dislocated right thumb. That means the Tyson Vagent experience will keep going for at least one more week. I didn't think the Saints were going to beat the Colts yesterday. They pulled away and beat Indianapolis down at Lucas Oil Stadium. Derek Carr and the Saints got it done. Bears at Saints this coming Sunday on our sister station, Quality Rock. 94.3 FM. And because of Bears football, the Notre Dame hockey team who normally plays on Quality Rock is going to move on Sunday. Now, Saturday, the Irish are at Penn State. I'll have the call on Quality Rock 94.3 FM, 7.15 pregame, 7.30 opening faceoff. But Sunday's Irish hockey game will move to Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Pre-game coverage at 4.15, opening face-off at 4.30 from Happy Valley. 6.19 is our time. So did Saturday's game play out the way I thought it was going to? We'll go through that next as Budweiser's Weekday Sportsbeat continues on WSBT. Dame football coverage continues now. Gives to Estime. He leaps at the one and goes over the stripe. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Hartman keeps it, runs it up the middle, bulldozing to the end zone, and he's in. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Low snap, hands off inside to Estime. 10-5. He'll get there. Touchdown, Notre Dame. It's a happy Monday on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. 58-7, Notre Dame rolls by the Pitt Panthers at Notre Dame Stadium and just one home game left for the 2023 schedule. Wake Forest comes to South Bend in a couple of weeks. The Irish at Clemson Saturday at noon. By week, then Wake Forest comes to town and the regular season finale in Palo Alto on the farm against a struggling Cal team that actually, I'm sorry, a struggling Stanford team that gave Washington a run for their money last Saturday. I was shocked by that. One of my many, and I repeat, one of my many misses 
in our 10-pack of sports picks. Remember when I said I hadn't been under 500 all year in our 10-pack of picks on Friday? Well, that was halted over the weekend, going 2-8. and eight. We'll talk about that wonderful card coming up in our final segment. But right now, let's focus on Notre Dame taking care of Pittsburgh. Also on Friday, I tried to lay out how this game might play out. Let's go through some of the details. Well, we set up that Pittsburgh defense had a chance to have some success like other recent defenses against Notre Dame. What do they love to do? Take away the run, force you to pass. That's been the formula against the Irish recently. Pitt 45th in the country in rush defense, 126 yards per game allowed, just 3.1 yards per carry. Well, Notre Dame took care of that and then some. The Irish ended the game 33 carries for 155 yards, 4.7 yards per carry, four touchdowns. My prediction was close. I had 35 carries for 140. Audric Estime led that Irish rushing attack 114 yards on 19 carries, a whopping six yards per pop with three rushing touchdowns. I had estimated for 20 carries. That was close, but only 89 yards. And I had Jeremiah Love, nine for 33. He only finished three for 10. So that was an extremely successful day for the Irish offense. Now, I pretty much nailed what the running game was going to do. The passing game, I was pretty much on point except the touchdowns. I thought Hartman would have a big day with touchdown passes, but it ended up being Estime having all the touchdowns, and Sam Hartman did not have a touchdown pass. Now, we told you last Friday, over the previous four games, Hartman only 59% throwing of the football for 777 yards. That came out to 194 passing yards per game. Pittsburgh? entered Saturday 95th in the country in pass efficiency defense. That weakness showed at times. Now, they had a couple of interceptions early in the ball game, but Notre Dame had a really good day throwing the football. My projection was Hartman 20 of 34 for 284. He ended up 18 of 25 for 288. I had Rico Flores Jr. as the pass catcher that would have the best day I estimated Flores 5 for 78 and a touchdown. Well, he had three targets, two catches, 72 yards within six of his actual receiving yard total. My big miss was Jaden Greathouse moving to the boundary, backing up Jaden Thomas. I thought he would have an impact coming off the injury. I had him four catches for 52, but Greathouse was targeted only two times and did not record a catch. And the football game, and I had Chris Tyree, two catches for 62 yards. He ended up having three targets, three catches, 62 yards. So nailed that yardage as well. The big miss for me was Mitchell Evans having a massive game, led the team with six targets, led the team with five catches and 66 yards. But that day was kind of ruined when he tore his ACL and Evans is now lost for the season. Props to Tobias Merriweather. His snaps had been diminished the last couple of games. Officially on the depth chart, he was demoted at the field wide receiver spot with Rico Flores Jr. taking over. 
And I think it was Eric Hansen and I last week having a discussion that fewer snaps might give Merriweather a chance to better succeed. Cut down the workload. And you know what? The kid had a good day, targeted twice, two catches, 50 yards, a good start to the rebuild for Tobias Merriweather. Good job, number five. Jaden Thomas back healthy, targeted three times, two catches for 23 yards. Also of note, Cooper Flanagan, first career touchdown catch. Braylon James, first career catch. It went for 14 yards. 535 yards of total offense for Notre Dame against what we thought was a pretty stingy pit defense, at least against the run, not on Saturday. Man, they had a tough time tackling the Fighting Irish. Defense, exceptional again. We'll break down that next as weekday sports beat continues on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This is Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Fighting Irish. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Darren Pritchett with you on this Monday evening. We've got Caveman Corner coming up at the top of the hour. Always fun to hear from Brian Miller and Dean Huppert talking Mishawaka High School Athletics, you can actually catch Caveman Corner live from Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill on McKinley and Mishawaka. We're on the air from 7 until 7.45. Mishawaka head football coach Keith Kinder on the program. Also, Mishawaka High School girls basketball seniors, Isaiah Schaefer and Kasia Davidovic will be with Brian and Dean tonight. Caveman Corner from 7 until 7.45. Then it's... Monday night football from the Motor City. The Las Vegas Raiders visiting the Detroit Lions. Let's continue on with our look back at the Notre Dame-Pittsburgh game. I gave you some ideas on how the game would play out on Friday. The offense, the projections went pretty well. Defensively, I had the Irish giving up 13 points. Well, shame on me for thinking that because the defense gave up Garbage time, seven points, and that was it. Now, Pittsburgh, one drive, got some momentum, got into field goal range in the first half, missed it. But otherwise, as an Irish fan watching that game, were you ever that fearful that Pittsburgh was going to score a touchdown? Now, sure, some of that was their young quarterback who was under siege. But the Notre Dame defense just was on point again. And to have this type of performance, knowing that Benjamin Morrison, your All-American corner, did not even suit up for this game due to an injury, a quad strain, and yet Cam Hart, your other corner, go down during the game. The Irish didn't miss a beat with those guys out of the lineup. 51 plays, 255 yards for Pittsburgh, and 11 first downs. The one thing I did mention on Friday was the fact that be prepared that Christian Vieira was not going to look as efficient as he did the previous week against Wake Forest. 
Wake Forest played a lot of cover, too. They played their corners off the pit wide receivers, and credit to Vier that he hit on those open receivers. And his numbers looked a little flashy against Wake Forest, but Al Golden was not going to let him sit in the pocket. Corners playing off the wide receivers. No pressure coming from blitzes. No, that was all going to be a part of Vier's day. And he was sacked two times, but that really doesn't tell the whole story. Under pressure, forced into bad decisions, and after a day in which he looked pretty good numbers-wise against Wake Forest, against an attacking defense, the production went south. Vier, the transfer from Penn State, only 14 of 29 for 127 yards, no touchdowns. He was picked off four times in the ballgame. Xavier Watts, the Irish safety, got him two times. Christian Gray, and of course the pick six for Jaden Mickey. And the thing for Vieira, he got no help from the running game. The Irish took that away as well. Only 19 carries for 53 yards. All in all, another picture-perfect day for Al Golden's defense that continues to impress. And a big reason why this football team sits at 7-2. and two. Marcus Freeman earlier today was asked to offer a thought on the preparation of Al Golden and the execution of that Irish defense. Work he puts into it, the game plan, um, the ability to, to convey his message, to get um, what he wants from his players um, has been great. You know, the, what you see is a, a, on Saturdays is a reflection of what our players know. I mean, we can spend endless amount of time coming up with game plans, but at the end of the day, it's what they can do Right, is what they understand and then they can do and go perform. And um, it is credit to Coach Golden on defensive staff on the performance of our defense this whole season. And to add on to that, here's Coach Freeman from Saturday's post-game press conference talking about the execution of his defense. The hard part about it is, is are you ever going to be perfect? No. But that's what we're chasing. We're, we're chasing perfection. And, and it's a bunch of coaches and players that aren't satisfied that, that – constantly are striving to improve like that's the sprint that's you know the sense of urgency we have to improve it's not to just win it's not to you know all of a sudden get this outcome it's really to improve and uh we're getting closer and closer every week to reaching that full potential and Jaden mickey who has seen a good amount of playing time this year vaulted into a starting role with morrison out with the quad strain Nearly had two interceptions, but eventually got one and turned it into a pick six. He's a great example of one play, one lane. So if you look at the first, what game is this? Nine? You look at the first eight games, he didn't know how much he's going to play, right? He's rotating in there. Take advantage of that play. Today he's in a starting role. Take advantage of those opportunities, which he did. And so uh, I'm really pleased with how he performed, how he practices, how he, how unselfish he is. Um, I love Jaden Mickey, man. He's a great player, and he's doing great things for us. 58-7. to Notre Dame taking down Pittsburgh, and now 4-4 four and four Clemson up next for this Fighting Irish football team. Before we wrap up this segment, let's hand out some game balls. 
one question, five answers. This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. There were quite a few choices. Could have went many different directions, but this is the way I decided to go. Number five, I'm going to give a game ball to Tobias Merriweather. I know, targeted just twice, two catches, 50 yards. There were players that had more production. But the fact that his playing time has been reduced, then on a piece of paper that says depth chart, he was removed as the starter, had a very nice bounce-back performance. You don't give up on this kid. You as a fan might be frustrated. A drop here, a drop there. I get it. Can't give up on him. Too talented. So I want to give him a game ball because this was a step in the right direction. Four. Game ball number four. Well, I'm just going to give it to both sides of the line of scrimmage. The offensive line and the defensive line. Let's give them some run. That Fighting Irish offensive line. No substitutions, just those five for majority of the game. Did a terrific job. Not an easy game to run the football against a pit defense that has shown they can stop the run. Only allowing 3.1 yards per carry, but the Irish went for 4.7. And the offensive line helped the offense put up 535 yards of total offense. And credit to the Irish defensive front, helping to put pressure on Vier, and also taking away a luxury, his run game. Pittsburgh ran the football 19 times for 53 yards. How many times during Saturday's game did you stop, say it to yourself, say it to your spouse, daughter, sister, brother, sister, Dog, hamster, how in the world did Pittsburgh beat Louisville? I mean, seriously, as you're watching this, how in the world did the team that beat the Irish lose to these guys? Now, it was a pouring rain in Pittsburgh that day. Probably just Louisville was awfully high coming off the wind, but I mean, come on. Pittsburgh beat Louisville and beat them by double digits. It does not seem possible in the least bit. Okay, okay. Uh, Number three. Another game ball goes to Irish safety Xavier Watts. Man, right place, right time because he knows where to be. They throw it to him. He catches it. Three tackles for Xavier Watts, a tackle for loss, and two interceptions. Nice going. Number zero. Number two. Chris Tyree. Tyree, two catches for 62 yards, including a 47-yarder. Actually, I think it was three for 62. I think I wrote it down wrong. But more importantly, got the scoring started. Somehow, someway, got out of that pack of players and went 82 yards for a punt return. Kid's got a ton of playmaking ability, and we heard Marcus Freeman say today, hope he comes back for another year. Number one. Could have given it to, gosh, so many different guys. But my ultimate game ball went to Audric Estime. The Irish needed a running game. They needed to get that facet of the game going. And Estime had a really nice day. 
running the football 19 times, 114 yards, and three touchdowns. Even got the ball deep into the fourth quarter. So my five game balls, Tobias Merriweather, both Irish lines, Xavier Watts, Chris Tyree, and Audric Estime. That's today's My Five. Coming up next, a brutal recap of a bad sizzler on Friday. We've got four picks coming up tonight. That's on the way on your home of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, Sports Radio 960, WSBT South Bend. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 